Wait, what? Wait, what? Where are we? What's happening? Oh, hey, hey, viewing party listeners. You made it to this podcast. You found us online. Hope you use the hashtag mini pod squad. Wesley and Katie and some cats. Watching movies, eat in snacks. We're not sponsored by anybody. We don't even have a Patreon. We're just having fun. Welcome to viewing party. What's a test? Viewing party. Chitting all over your tatum! Doing party! Alright, turn the ringer off, pull that Wikipedia article up, and we're ready. Yeah. Are you ready? Yes. Where's your Wikipedia article? Oh, I don't need it. Oh, uh, okay, great. Well, I can have my own, <laughs> and then we'll be fine. <laughs> hey, everybody! I'm Katie. Hi, I'm Wesley. And this is Viewing, Viewing party. party. This is a party where we watch a thing and eat a thing and talk about a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Usually not it's all the, the same, same thing. thing. Oh, I was saying it's all the same thing. Well, we don't eat the thing we watch. What? Well, um, I mean, we they're ch- related. We chew on it. Get it? Yeah. You know, in that, in like a... Metaphorical? Certain, yeah, we metaphorically eat the things we watch. <laughs> We're using all five... So we're five, on the chew now? <laughs> yeah, we're using all five senses here oh. at Viewing Party. It's called Senses Party. Not to be confused with Sensi. I was going to say, I feel like that's a thing. We're thing. not sponsored by them. They make okay products. <laughs> Gimmicky at best. They smell like stuff. They do smell like stuff. Definitely not going to sponsor us now. Spencer us. <laughs> Brought to you by... We're also not sponsored by Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> Spencer's, oh god, no. Why would sponsors, That'd be awful. Why would Spencer's ever sponsor us? I don't know. Brought to you by Professor Spencer. He makes great food at my Bible study. Oh, nice. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to let him know. I mentioned him right at the top of the episode, and then he can stop listening. <laughs> oh. oh my goodness. How's your week been, Wesley? It's been good. Welcome to year two of the podcast. Yeah. It's been a good week. Whew. I had an okay week. I've been sick. Yeah. I had a cold. That's a bummer. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it's still going. Mm. But I feel better being with you. Aw. Also, I have NyQuil, so. Touch. Oh, <laughs> Lord. I was dri- <laughs> Thank the Lord. I was driving home last night, and I was like, Dad, do we have NyQuil? <laughs> and he's like... Yeah, are you downstairs? I'm like, no, I'm driving home, and I didn't know if I needed to stop off at Kroger or not. He was like, yeah, I just need to go back in the fridge, and I to this day don't understand why he refrigerates the NyQuil. I don't know either. Do your parents do that? No. Maybe Professor Spencer knows that. Maybe. <laughs> My mom used to refrigerate nail polish because yeah. it would make it last longer. It's, that's dumb. No. Yeah, she doesn't do that anymore. But no, that's a She myth. used to put them in the, like, egg holder that yeah. came with the refrigerator. <laughs> Like no one ever took their eggs out of the carton and put them in that. Yeah, why but would I you think do now that? that they, they do. The egg holders. Cause... Well, because it was in the door, and if you're swinging a door oh, around, yeah, you're, you're just going to get eggs everywhere. Yeah, eggs for... <laughs> you're going to have eggs for mice, not eggs for breakfast. And the problem was, also, my parents had a carpet in their kitchen in the 90s, which oh, was a bad ew. decision. <gasps> the Wait. Lo- the linoleum was really ugly and awful, so they covered it with carpet, and then they changed that after a couple years because it was gross. I wish everyone could see the face I'm making right now. My cousin's bathroom had pink shag carpet. Oh. Oh, yeah. Like the the bathroom where everybody showered. Yeah. Pink shag carpet. I remember the year that they, like, replaced it 
with, you know, whatever linoleum is there mm-hmm. now. And it was, like, the biggest yeah. deal ever to be, like, oh, oh like, extreme home makeover, yeah. bathroom edition. The house just I like, grew up in. Pink my, carpet. My dad, it was a modular home that my dad bought in the late 60s, early 70s. I don't really know what that means. It means it's, like, prefabricated. So it's not, like, a trailer, but it came, like, in pieces, and then they put it together on site. Oh, like an Ikea Kind of like a giant Home? Ikea house. <laughs> Like a big Ikea house? Yeah. I mean, that sounds fine. Yeah. So it came, like, pre-decorated also oh. from the 70s. Oh. So um, before my mom redecorated, because my dad was married before and lived in the house. <gasps> Scandal! I yeah. didn't know! Yeah. Skippy? Yeah. Wow, Skippy got a rant? No. <laughs> it was much sadder You're than like, that. No, it was just one woman. Yeah, his wife left him and was terrible we don't need to get into that it's fine yeah anyway so he put in this house in the 70s when my mom married him and moved in she started slowly redecorating because she felt real weird being in this house that someone Uh, else yeah 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 anyway anyway i mean so i dated a guy with an ex-wife and it was weird it's weird sometimes like oh I'm doing my makeup at the vanity that was built for her. This yeah, it was that kind of thing. Like, so, like, my mom loves the house. Like, it's not that. Oh, it's yeah. just that, like, she was like, I'm changing everything cosmetically. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. So, when the house was built, um, it was the 70s. So, there was shag carpet and linoleum. Mm-mm-mm. The linoleum was the textured kind of linoleum. Ew. So, it's, like, bumpy yeah. because it's got this, like, pattern to make it look mm-hmm. like tile but not tile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. So, there was, and it was harvest gold and brown. Mmm, delicious. Yeah. So, there was that. And there Everyone was looked like. <laughs> avocado green shag carpet and there was orange shag carpet. So, everyone looked like they had jaundice. Yeah. <laughs> Well, cool. no, because it was so dark because of the wood paneling oh, in most so you, of the rooms. Oh, so it was like secret jaundice. <laughs> right. But the worst part was they couldn't take up the linoleum. Evil jaundice. they put the linoleum down and then put the walls in. No. So the linoleum stretched Just from the stuck. kitchen all the way through the bathrooms, and then the bathroom walls were on top of the linoleum. Oh, Lord. So there was no taking it up. You had to cover it, which is why they tried putting carpet in. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. And I it see was the logic. bad. And yes. then they took the carpet out and put, like, um... Like, Other linoleum. Like, like, the wood flooring that's, like, not real wood flooring, like, oh, the, laminate flooring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Throughout yeah. the whole house. Yeah. So it's way better than that. <laughs> but, oh, it was so awful. You've, like, dropping eggs or flour on carpet and trying to clean it is the worst. I bet. I bet as a kid, that must have... Was that kind of horrifying for you? It was like, like you had to be super careful, because if you, like, dropped stuff, then you just had, like, gooey eggs in the carpet. I just want a house where, like, uh, the floors are black, so that, (laughs) like... I never have to think about it. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if that's a thing that I could have. Sure it is. You can paint it. Just, like, can I just have a kitchen where, like, things are kind of dark? And yeah. so, because yeah. um, I just. Oh, it was so terrible. Because, like, no, 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 no. Because, okay, so we currently have linoleum in the kitchen at my parents' house. Yeah. And it's, it was white. Right. And because of people and moving, it's now got, like, dingy spaces mm-hmm. and, like, spots that are really dark, mm-hmm. and it's super annoying, and I hate looking at it, and I'm just like, man. It just doesn't clean. Yeah, no matter what you do, like, you can't, like, I've bleached it. Yeah. Nothing. Like, yeah. it doesn't move anymore. Like, it's soaked 
into mm-hmm. the material yeah. of the floor. And I'm just like, I don't want this. Maybe I just don't want a kitchen. <laughs> Maybe mean, you need food, so. Yeah, but like, do I have to be the one to cook it? Can no. I not, you know, make enough money where someone else can cook for me? Personal chef. Yeah, but maybe not even that personal. <laughs> I don't need, like, the help or something. Like, I'm not looking no, for, No, like, just someone to, like, who make... comes in meal preps for yeah. you so you don't have to. Yeah, I'm not trying to, like, Downton Abbey the situation no. and be like, oh, I have a whole slew of servants that to live polish on my silver. <laughs> like, <laughs> they live in the other wing. <laughs> <laughs> the other wing. No, that's not, that's not what I'm doing. I'm no. just looking for, like... Just a chef to come do your food for you. Yeah, just someone who is good at food and knows what I like and knows what's going to be good for me regardless of what I like and can make what's good for me stuff that I do like. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, just like that kind of, you know, yeah, that's personal chef. (laughs) I mean, you don't have to know them personally. Well, I mean, I want to be able to know them, but I don't want it to be like, you work for me only. Like that kind of, like. Yeah, they just like stop by your house a couple times a week and bring you food. Because if I decide that I'm never going to eat anymore, or that I'm fasting, or if I die, then like their whole source of income is gone. And that's a lot. It's really heavy. (laughs) Oh man. So it just needs to be like my personal chef. Yes, but they are a chef to you personally. Yeah. Like, and I just want them to share, like, because if it's just me, like, I must be paying them a lot if it's just me, but if it's a lot of people they're cooking for, yeah, that's fine. And I don't really care if they use my big kitchen to do it. If I have some <laughs> giant kitchen and a person wants to, like, use the kitchen to make meals for a bunch of people, I'm like, have at. They're all paying you. I'm clearly not using my own kitchen. And... Go for it. This hypothetical future you have is very involved. I have many hypothetical futures, <laughs> some of which involve a manatee rehabilitation center in my backyard. I mean, that's a great option. I, yes, and I don't know that I could uh, run the whole facility because I clearly don't know enough about manatees, but I know plenty, but still just not enough to like fully take care of them. It would need to be fully staffed elsewhere, maybe founded by the government. <laughs> and then, um, but I could be, you know, like the face of manatees. The face of manatees? <laughs> oh, I just am thinking about all of the implications of that. And I don't know. If I, I don't know. I just don't know. It's a heavy responsibility. Uh, it is. More so than having a personal chef. <laughs> well, you could cut all that out if you wanted. Uh, <laughs> Katie's dream life mini set. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> Boy, that's the American dream right there. I just want a personal chef and manatees. <laughs> I don't know what else you want. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> sounds pretty great, so. I feel similarly. Yeah, I mean, that does sound pretty great. Why can't my life look just like that now? And lo- no linoleum. Correct. And no polyester exist in this world. Ooh. Yeah. I don't know what I really have against polyester, but I'll tell you exactly where... It came from. Okay. <laughs> there was this movie that Mary Kate and Ashley did. Oh, gosh. <laughs> called Billboard Dad. Yes. And there was whatever that one other weird not babysitter character was. I don't know. He, I don't know. He was some snobby dude. I'm not really sure what was going on. 
And he, like, or I think he was, uh, oh, their dad was, like, an artist. Oh, probably. And he, like, woke up from, like, and he, I think he might have been, like, his agent or something. I don't know. Anyway, so this dude wakes up from a nap and goes, oh, uh, not polyester. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, no, polyester, no. Uh, if I say that, then, like, people won't, like, understand. Think I know things. Like, people think that I know more things about fashion than I do. So polyester is terrible. And so from then on, it had an adverse Reaction to polyester because uh, uh, some guy on TV told me to. <laughs> the end. <laughs> We're done here. Oh, I man. need to go to counseling. Polyester. Um. Oh, the 70s. For as much as I love the 70s, there are some terrible things. There's so fashion many. Fashion-wise. So happened. many terrible things. Um, speaking of the 70s, let's park and wreck. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> This is the part of the podcast for all those joining in for the first time in this new year. Yeah. This is our second year. This is episode 53. 52. 52. Yeah. We are in our second year of uh, podcasting, y'all. It's a year-long party, guys. <laughs> wow, that just went on for, for a while. <laughs> part of the podcast where we park it and recommend stuff to you yeah i watched a wrinkle in time Ooh, how was it wrinkly <laughs> i really want to see it i'm really excited i'm glad it exists so i really needed to take an iron to this film everyone was had wrinkly clothes it was i mean it was a movie it was kind of sponsored by like tide pods it was really strange it was like that those J, those david harbour commercials it was like everything's a tide commercial just watch yeah, I, yeah. So, uh, for those of you who don't know, A Wrinkle in Time is a story about, um, it answers the hypothetical question, what if the universe got wrinkles on it, and the, the snuggle bear came with its fabric softener <laughs> and helped you iron those out, and, uh... You, I think you might have seen a different movie. <laughs> and but boy. that was Paddington. Starring, yeah, starring Sean Penn. <laughs> And Corduroy the bear. <laughs> Corduroy like, is the perfect bear because he's definitely <laughs> wrinkly. He's, yeah, he is. God, Corduroy. Corduroy's messy. Uh, okay, what is the deal with stuffed bear movies right now? <laughs> you they know just what? announced the, a new Winnie the Pooh movie. The only stuffed bear. <laughs> the only stuffed bear I'm interested in is Winnie the Pooh. That's what this is about. That's it. There's a new, it's called Christopher Robin. And I made a very good joke that was very underappreciated. Christopher Robin is not even interesting of a... He's played by (gasps) Ewan McGregor now. Oh, that's okay. All right. Well, I'll go see it. (laughs) Yeah, I know. But they released a poster and I was like, okay, guys. What are we doing? (laughs) No, I got to show you. Because, well, there's my whole Twitter rant I went on the other day about women. But About what? (laughs) <laughs> it was on International Women's Day. Oh. And I was complaining about, um, well, I'll link to it. Remember when we were discussing G.I. Joe and I was like, why don't they have girl nostalgia oh, like they yeah. do boy nostalgia? I did a whole, like, Twitter thing about it. I, uh, so someone on Facebook was like, why don't we, why, why do we have an International Women's Day? Like, does everybody, why do we have days for all these dumb things? And, like, I don't understand, but, like, men are great, too. And I was like, cool, well, let's just cancel Mother's and Father's Day. <laughs> like... Can't I have a day, man? Yeah. Like, I don't really, like, there's no, like, happy singles day. So, this is what? <laughs> happy hairstylist day. So, this is the movie poster for Christopher Robin. 
Very so, cute. A stuffed bear. You know, painting a, a bird hat. picture for you. He's got sooner, a hat. Sooner or later, your your past catches up to you. So he's got like a satchel with an umbrella stuck through it. Oh, so which he's reminded an adult. me of Swipe. <gasps> no. I'm so mad. <laughs> Indiana Jones is dad. It, I can't, oh my god. Who I'm also so has a satchel with an umbrella stuck through it and a bucket hat. And a bucket hat. So, as I said, <laughs> are they the same thing now? Like, clearly. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, well, that's going to be interesting. I mean, I love Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. Forever and I ever didn't ever. watch the trailer. Apparently, it's really sad. Good. Hey, hey Mil- but Winnie the Pooh is not a happy story. No. The Disney rest of the casting, though. So, Jim Cummings is Winnie the Pooh, the guy, the voice actor who does, like, everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I need to find it real quick. Eeyore is... <laughs> Voiced by my brother. No, <laughs> Voiced by me with a cold. <laughs> is, um... Brad Garrett. Oh. Right? Fascinating. Uh, Brad Garrett. Doing your worst. Brad Garrett. In Eeyore. Um, In a world where Eeyore suffers openly. (laughs) Chris O'Dowd is Tigger. (laughs) Right? I'm gonna cry. (laughs) Right? I love it. Tigger is my most favorite character. Oh, well, you're gonna love it. Like, I had a Tigger shirt. When I was a kid, I had, like, I, uh, mm. like, my, so, I was called Tigger as a kid. Also casting Peter Capaldi as Rabbit. Get out of, you know what I, you know, wait, before you carry what? on with this cast list, straight up, I was thinking about this and I don't know why an old boyfriend also really loved Winnie the Pooh. Oh, like, Christopher Robin was, like, his jam. Like, he had, mm-hmm. like, a big nostalgia thing with Winnie the Pooh and, uh, because, like, it was about a boy who was European and, uh, like, had a big imagination and stuff. And that was, like, you know, he really, like, related to that. It was a whole thing. But I straight up was like, but, dude, like, nobody liked you back then. You weren't Christopher Robin. You were Rabbit. Nobody likes Rabbit. Rabbit (laughs) is no one's favorite character because Rabbit (laughs) is just, like, anxiety the movie. (laughs) Right, 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 right. (laughs) And I was like, but for real, like, this, this was a real problem. And I was thinking about that in the shower, and I was like, oh... I totally, like, a whole bunch of stuff just made sense to me. But I straight up, like, Rabbit is no one's favorite character. Yeah. I don't know. I know a lot of adults were like, I get Rabbit. Right. I have seen myself be Rabbit. Right. I don't like Rabbit. Right, right. <laughs> Fascinating casting for him. Yeah. So, yeah, Ewan McGregor is Christopher Robin. Um, Toby Jones is Owl, who I, oh, I recognize his face. I didn't know his name. Mm-hmm. And then, Winnie um, the Pooh. Mark Gattis is a character too, and this is the woman playing Kanga. I'm Sophie so amazing. Okanedo, I don't recognize her. I don't care. She's great. She was in Hotel Rwanda. Yeah. Oh, good. This is great. This right is gonna though, be awesome. She seems. Th- she seems cool. Well, I'll watch the trailer after this, right? Is there yeah, a trailer out? There or is no? a trailer. <laughs> There's one right there. But, this is gonna um, be awesome. Also, side note, because I get all my information from Twitter. Someone wrote, like, a gritty reboot dark noir murder story that had to do with all of the characters as a Twitter thread. Excellent. And it's fascinating and... Terrible. Ridiculous, yeah. So, I'll link to it on the podcast, too, if I can find... Here. It starts with, her name was Kanga and she was trouble. 
She came into my office as I was about to dip into a honey pot. I liked honey the way the priests love God. <clears throat> you are Pooh, the detective, she said. I live under the name of Sanders. What's it to you? My boy, she said. Rue, he's missing. <laughs> and it goes from there and it gets real dark. <laughs> and it's great. I'm into this. You know what I'm going to do for a my bedtime story? Pooh, babe. <laughs> dark poo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I live under the name of Sanders. Because that's the name on this. Yes, yeah. It's really good. It's oh. really weird and it gets weirder. But it's great. People were like, I would read a whole book of this. This is creepy. That's so phenomenal. Good anyway, job. What were we talking about? Uh, we were park and wrecking, supposedly. <laughs> well, I park and wrecked half of Twitter. So, so park and wreck, uh, definitely the trailer for like <laughs> Christopher Robin. For Christopher Robin. That'll be exciting. Uh, oh, a wrinkly Oh, <laughs> right. about wrinkly fabrics and bears. <laughs> I forgot how wrinkly fabric took us to a wrinkle in time. Detective. Um, yeah, I didn't know diddly squat about the story, and I cannot speak to the ways in which it is different from the book, because I didn't read the book. You read the book, haven't seen the movie, Correct. so you can't speak to the differences <laughs> either, but it is different. Basics, great family film. I really wish something like this had been around when I was a young girl struggling with insecurity mm -hmm. and bu being bullied. And, uh, uh, Oprah. Um, Oprah, Mindy Kaling, Reese Witherspoon. Like, I'm, I'm a happy camper. Uh, Sean Penn is not in this movie. I lied to you earlier. It's Chris Pine. I, get I don't know why you confused. It's just like... It's the name. The We've talked about this before. Spin. Yeah. Like those. <laughs> it just sounds the same in my head. And then I spit out the word Sean Penn. And then I'm like... No. <laughs> the Harvey Milk. They don't look. They don't look the same. <laughs> like that person doesn't look the same as Captain Kirk. No, no, no. No, they're very different looking people, and they're very different being people. <laughs> I touched something. Is everything fine? You're fine. And uh, yeah, so I'm sorry that I lied to everybody. I know you guys were really excited to see Sean Penn in a wrinkle in time, but he doesn't show up. <laughs> also, it is a movie about space travel, and mm -hmm. it does not have Matt Damon in it. So There's that's that. cool. There's a shot where you're not sure who the person is, like, down the hallway. And I was like, boy, if this is Matt Damon, <laughs> I don't know what to do with myself. I'm going to be like, how do you get yourself into every movie? You dump truck? I don't know. <laughs> I don't, uh, I'm going to be ignorant for a moment. I don't know exactly what Matt Damon did that got him in trouble with everybody in Hollywood. I think he made some sort of dumb comment. I think he did. Is what I understand. So now nobody likes him. And I'm like, oh, do I join that train or... Or do I have free thought? I don't know what to do. Yeah. So that's where I am with what that. What am I? I just know that Matt Damon's in space often, and we're always trying to save Matt Damon. <laughs> my friend just showed, like, I don't watch Jimmy Kimmel, so I wasn't aware of this, but apparently they have, like, a decades-long running joke between the two of them. Yes, they do. About, like, we watched a couple of clips about stuff that they've done where, like, he's always like, sorry, didn't have time for... Matt Damon tonight, and like, yeah. has been saying that every show for years and years. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember this, like, hearing about this whole thing. So. And they, um, there's a really funny clip from the Oscars last year, where Matt Damon and Ben Affleck were giving an award, mm -hmm. they were presenting, and every time Matt started talking, they started playing off the walk-off music, <laughs> so that he couldn't say anything. <laughs> and 
he was like, I'm not even giving a speech. Like, this is scripted. And he's just like, play faster. Like, hurry up. Get him off the stage. Didn't Jim- Jimmy Kimmel just hosted the Oscars this year again, right? Yeah. He did make a joke about, like, uh, something about, like, giving people... He- somebody got Matt Damon and, like, we're sorry. You deserve better than that. <laughs> it's like, what? Oh, God. Uh, yeah, so that's my... Anyway. Dumb Matt Damon comment. Um, Jude Law still has hair. Yep. And Wrinkle in Time's great. It is, oh yeah, family friendly. Chris Pine is in it. Chris Pine's playing a dad, y'all. Like, that's super weird. Yeah. I mean, it's a reconcile that. Like, I'm not mad about it. No, not, no, no. I mean, he's, you know, got dad hair and dad sweaters and (laughs) dad beard. And, um, you know, he's got dad voice, he's got dad care. He's got dad heart. He's got a dad cootie catcher. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He's got dad food. Dad feet. Dad space time travel. He's got dad science. <laughs> He's got. It's just one of those things like where. Um, <laughs> dad hands. Like everything is a girl something because you're a girl, so therefore everything is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, <laughs> pretty much. That's kind of what's happening right now. This is a weird commentary about dads. Um, like every joke's a dad joke if a dad tells it. <laughs> Listen, you met my dad. Have you my met dad, my dad? Our, our dads should just get together and have a joke off. Oh, gosh. You know those videos where they like tell jokes, like comedians will tell jokes and yeah. then like try to make the other people laugh? Yeah. Our dad should just do that. Yeah. Just be like, oh, right, here's a pun. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just imagining that. There's a lot of them just like standing and trying to remember the joke, but not getting it quite right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just my dad like taking something you said and then like wordsmithing it. So then he sounds kind of witty and sometimes super offensive. <laughs> You're like, cool, I'm glad that your brain worked that way. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Oh, Thanks. Dads. Uh, yeah, but A Wrinkle in Time, though, it's really, really good. I'm excited for it. Stunning. It's absolutely stunning. I went into it with zero expectations, except for the expectation of enjoying it, and that is what I did. Um, go check it out. I need to reread the book. I haven't read it for a long time. I first read it when I was, like, in fourth grade, so. Fourth grade? Oh, it has been out for ever. Yeah. It came out around the same time as The Hobbit, then. It came out in the 60s, yeah. Yeah, so did The Hobbit. But it took a long time for it to get published because it was about a girl who liked science. And they were like, what? No one's going to no read this. No way. And it yeah. got turned down by a bunch of publishers before someone actually took it. And then it became like a Newbery Award winner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For for real, though. It was a girl who's into physics. Mm-hmm. Like, like best. science. It's the 70s. What oh, are you thinking? no. They're all secretaries. Yeah. Or models. And it was it was a big deal because it was a sci-fi book for kids with a girl protagonist. And they were like, what is this? Like, no one's going to want to buy this. And then lots of them did. Yeah, because everybody wants to buy that. Dummy. It, it is so shocking to me. It is so shocking to me. That people are always like, oh, this is a story about something that we don't have any representation for. No one would want to read that. Right. But it's like... Of course people want to read it because it's something they've never seen written down before. Right. That's way more interesting than yeah. the same nonsense again and again and again. Yeah. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Way ahead of its time. Yeah. It's great. 
What's also fascinating is the woman who wrote it is a Christian, and there's a lot of like religious overtones and stuff that happen. Yes. In some of in that and the following books, so oh. I think in the second one because there's a th- there's three or four or five of them. I forget how many. There's like she Meg befriends like an actual like cherubim. Mm. Like she meets one of those biblical creatures that has like the eyes and the wings and the hands and the covering mm. and the and it's really bizarre and like those are the kind of things that happen in her books like they get real weird. Mm. Yeah, I was saying so I'm not gonna say that there was like religious overtones in her, in the movie. However, I would say that there are um uh I don't know exactly what to call it maybe more like humanist. Mm-hmm. overtones more so than like religious mm-hmm. where it's a lot of like you believe in the universe and believe in yourself yeah um yeah you know like the universe has got your back yeah kind of stuff which i would say is also kind of true in some ways <laughs> and yeah. that like the darkness that's spreading is the darkness in yourself mm-hmm. oh. boop <laughs> In you, Wesley, you Whoa. alone. You're the one. Oh my gosh. You're the darkest. You, no. you, you Tyler Durden, and everyone. No. no. <laughs> it's all my fault, guys. Yep, so a wrinkle in time. Bring your fabric softener. It's going to be a good show. <laughs> oh, what did we watch uh, today, Wesley? We watched An American Tale. <laughs> it was almost like a viewing party. <laughs> <laughs> we watched An American Tale. A movie I remembered as being real cute and it's was not. not as cute and way more scary <laughs> I than really, I remembered. I was like, oh. It's so adorable, but oh my lord. Right? This movie is horrifying. Like, super, there super. There's some very scary parts. Super, super, like, scary and not. Uh, so, the whole gist of this movie, and I'll start doing recap and then you can jump in, is basically there's these little, cute little family of Jewish Russian mice yep. who live. In a little mousy hole in a house that a human family lives in. And they're, they, I think we, I forget what they were, they were celebrating something. They were having a like dinner and presents and doing all these things in their little house. And then the whole house shakes because at that moment, the, what are they called? Cossacks? The Cossacks. Yeah. Are coming and like burning the house down and like chasing down the people and they were going on an anti-Jewish arson attack. Yeah, you know, one of those lighthearted, kid-friendly things. <laughs> like they do in a kid's like movie. Like you do. So while the people were attacking the people house, a group of cats in like very weird uh, Russian costumes, including the hats, <gasps> came and attacked that was, the mouse family. That was and genuinely like, scared. Yeah. The, and they drew them very terrifyingly, like yeah. very sharp. Whenever cats teeth. show up, everything goes dark, and the cats are like Uh-oh. black. And hey, everybody! Sorry, weird technical difficulty <laughs> just happened. Uh... We don't know what happened, but it's better. Anyways, cats. Cats yeah. are totally scary. Continue. Yeah. Okay. So because there's this attack that happens, and their house burns down. They're like, "Well, we were thinking about going to America anyway. Better just leave. <laughs> so... Let's just go." So they, like, super quickly are in Hamburg, and they're getting on a boat, mm-hmm. and they're going to go to America. Yeah. I don't know where they were in Hamburg. <laughs> it was like, and snap of the finger, magically did this whole trek across Europe. Behind the scenes uh, of that, um, I, I'll throw in pr- the production notes that I'm aware of, like, while you're doing that. Okay. 
there was a bunch of stuff during production while they were like getting really close to wrapping up production that got cut for time. And one of them was an entire scene that talked about the Moskowitz's journey across Europe to even get to Hamburg in the first place. <laughs> Hamburg? Yeah. <laughs> How do we pronounce it? Uh, so that's an interesting thing that was cut. Yeah. That's like a big plot hole. That it's was a just giant like, plot hole. Like, just like, and now we're here. <laughs> it was just like, oh, no, we're in Russia and everything's been burned down. And then they're like, we're burning Hamburg on a boat. I was like... Cool. Yeah. What? So you've got this family of a mama and papa mouse, um, a little girl mouse whose name I can't remember. Tanya. They change her name to Tilly when they get to the country. Mm-hmm. Is it Tanya? Yes. And then there's Fievel, the <laughs> most important character yes. that we all remember. And then there's a baby, which is sort of important, but not 100% important. Yeah, uh, these cuts, uh, weird cuts, are also responsible for a baby. It was baby Yasha. Oh. Baby Yasha's apparent disappearance after the boat trip. Yeah. And they get to America and lose their baby, and they no just, one like, really cares about they, it. They, like, forgot to include it in the, like, last 20 minutes they of the just, movie, like, and there's just no baby. baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, whatever. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, so they get on this boat, and they're going to America. I will say the baby was really just, like, a plot device to show that the mother was like, bitter and busy all the time. Yeah, it wasn't, like, a, very important at all. No, the baby had nothing to do with anything. No, it just, like, cried sometimes. Like, that was it. Yeah. Anyway, so they get on the boat, and they're kind of, like, in the steerage part. Like, they're in, like, a weird place where there's a whole bunch of mice in, like, the bottom of the boat who are all immigrating yeah. to the U.S. There are no cats in America. Yes, they have a whole musical number about how great they, how excited they are to go to a country that doesn't have cats. And the streets are paved with cheese. I mean, it sounds heavenly. I'll just sing the little bits of the song for you. Perfect. Okay. So they're down there and things are getting rough. Like there's water coming in. Like things are just getting weird. Like and people are getting sick. Fievel goes and bees a five-year-old and gets himself lost and out, lost out in the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> so he goes like up he wants to go see the fish, so he goes up to, like, see what's going on. Realizes, like, I don't know if there just weren't people around anymore or, like, what happened, but it seemed like no one was taking care of the boat. It was yep. just tossing and turning all over the place. There's a giant, like, kind of, like, King Titan of the Sea monster, that, like, like, attacking the boat. Yeah, that uh, scene was also cut, <laughs> but we uh, got one Not enough, shot. because it no, was terrifying. It was it, yeah, it was awful. It uh, was way scarier it was than like a Ursula. Big, yeah, it was a very big, like, the water just became a big, black, like, angry man who, <laughs> like, because the sea was dark, and it was just attacking the boat. Yes, just a dark sea monster. Oh, it was, was like, really cool. cool. What is What this? is happening? It was very so, strange. So, in all of that, Fievel falls off the boat and ends up being in a, like, in a bottle and floating yep. away. So the boat gets to uh, to Ellis Island, lets the people off. You see above ground the people are going through immigration at Ellis Island and changing their names. And then the mice are doing the same thing, at, like the mice version of Ellis Island coming through. And they're very sad because they've lost Fievel and don't and think that he's dead. So they're coming through, going to try and start their new life, and their little mouse son is gone. <laughs> Bye. What they Bye, don't Asha. know is that he has been floating in a bottle and showed up at the uh, Statue of Liberty, and like a very fluffy French bird who is there helping build the statue. Yeah. It's his statue. Yeah. 
Basically, Vi was like, I'll never find my family. And he's like, never, say never again. And then they're like, yeah, okay. And then he's like, here you go, kid. I'm going to drop you off over here and you go find your fam. Bye. Yep. So that happens. And, and then so he meets now... a rat, that rat thing. What's his oh, name? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He gets dropped off with Warren T. Rat. Yeah. <laughs> so he ends up with this, like, this real shady rat who literally lives in a suitcase full of, like, hair oil and, like, the kind of stuff that, like, gross traveling salesmen would sell. Pirelli's elixir. But, yeah, that kind of stuff. <laughs> So, who has a uh, cockroach friend in his pocket who yeah, works as his accountant? I don't really under... Whatever. Yeah, I don't know. That character was not important either. <laughs> it was stupid. So, you just know that this guy is like a swindler. So, he takes Fievel and is like, I'm going to help you find your family. And he drops him off. And he's like, surprise, it's actually a sweatshop for children. Bye-bye. You're going to be working here forever. And Fievel lasts like one day and is like, nope, i got to get out of here. And decides uh, to, like, tie all the sheets together and, like, shimmy out the building. Yeah, cut from that part is an upbeat song uh, <laughs> that Fievel was supposed to sing uh, while imprisoned in a sweatshop. Because you know how fun upbeat sweatshops are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, have you seen Les Mis? <laughs> it's great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> upbeat. So he meets this other mouse named Tony, who is, like, a Calif- California, a, like, real New Yorker kind of orphan guy. Oh, yeah. Who seems to be kind of, like, a teenager in, yeah, comparatively. Like, mouse years. <laughs> Next to a five-year-old, he was, <laughs> yeah. you know, a little, he was street smart. He we'll was street smart, yeah. So he's helping Fievel out, and they're trying to get out of there and, like, get some food and all kinds of stuff. So then you see this weird... Um, <laughs> interaction where tony meets bridget the like the girl who stands on street corners and is like very political and pretty yeah she's very cute and he's like a super crush on her and Fievel's just like what's wrong with you like why are you acting he's weird like, you are like a dumb butt <laughs> so uh, they like meet each other and giggle and like there's kiss. like literal hearts and <laughs> yeah literal hearts and everything goes pink and they're like oh and just they like, literally just sit and sigh each other. It's <laughs> ridiculous. Like, well, I was like, I mean, I guess I've done that with people, but like, also, I think I like maybe I knew them or something. I, I don't know. It's weird. I mean, you do what you got to do, I guess. I guess. So. <laughs> well, there's love for you. <laughs> uh, so she's giving a whole thing about like. We have to like, stand up to cats. Like, yeah, we have to stand up to cats. We can't let cats push us around. And Five was all like, there's no cats in America. That's what my dad said. And then a cat eats him. <laughs> and he climbs up the esophagus and pulls on the uvula, and the cat doesn't throw up. I, dude, I saw that uvula bounce, and I was like, oh, it's going down. No, no vomit. This is like the darkest, scariest kids movie. No vomit. I was really. That would be too far. Whew, I mean, we can have, much. you know. Sea monsters, but... <laughs> Racial ooh. profiling. <laughs> but we Heaven can't have... Forbid we have... Vomit. <laughs> uh, you know, or hairball or something. So anyway, so the cats get all like... Arr! And they chase, you know, they just like terrorize things for a bit and then yeah. take off. And the mice are all like... <gasps> and then Bible's like, whoa, there's cats. Yeah. Wait till I tell my dad, if I find him. Like, Don't worry, we'll find him. And then... Uh, what happens next because oh, oh, like all kinds of crazy stuff happen oh basically Tony's all like hey we're trying to find his family and Bridget's like oh let's go to talk to Honest John oh yeah so they go to see a drunk politician who is not honest no 
He's a drunk politician. I they mean, go to see Donald, and uh, <laughs> and they're all like, "Hey, man, uh, you uh, you you seen his fam? Or well, you see that there's like a dead, like a a, a poor young mouse died, right? Because of the cat attack, and he's like, was he registered to vote? Well, he is now, and is like writing it down in like ghost registry, like right. like taking like the names of dead mice so he could vote for himself or whatever. I don't know. Right. He can throw votes. And I was like, cool, what? (laughs) Yeah. I think that there are some people who think that this is the kind of thing that's actually happening with voter fraud, and I don't really see any evidence to that, but that's fine. Maybe back in the day. Who knows? It was a weird, it was a very weird and direct political statement that I was like, um... This is a kid's movie? Right. No kid understood that. <laughs> no. Like, we were like, ghost votes? Like, ghosts are voting? Like, like we I had no idea. I don't understand. We were like, what's voting? And then, in that same scene, we are introduced <laughs> to... Madeline Kahn. Yes. As a, like, lovely, like, rich mouse. I don't know lovely is the word, but well, yes. she's funny. So, she's, like, a rich mouse, but she also has, like, a... Is it, like, a speech impediment? Big boobs? Or just, oh. like, a... <laughs> uh. She... Cause they kept yeah, it would be a speech yeah, impediment. Yeah, she wouldn't have a wally. A wally? Like, what's a wally? A large gathering <laughs> of mice <laughs> with ideas. <laughs> it was basically the marriage guy, but in a yeah. mouse. Yeah. I mean, it's... Uh, Meets, like, the guy from Big Bang Theory. I don't watch that show. Um, Bailey. Nope. That's just the character. Uh, well, he infamously cool. like does thinks Siri is broken because she can never like understand what he's saying. He she's like I don't know what a restaurant is, <laughs> and he's just like a restaurant. And it's anyway, it's the same joke. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so he does have a speech impediment yeah, or not? He does. Oh, it's the same joke as her. Like she doesn't think that she does. But everyone else hears it. Oh. Yeah. Okay, cool. Wait, so Siri has a speech impediment? No, Siri can't understand him because he, he has pronounces one. all his R's as W's. But everybody else... And everyone know, like who is around him hears yeah. it, but he is convinced that he's pronouncing things properly. Oh, got it. Okay, yeah. clear, clear. Totally understand. <laughs> Got it. Okay. I was like, I don't watch this show. So the joke wasn't making sense, but now it makes sense. Continue. Yeah. yeah so, so Madeline Kahn. So Madeline Kahn's character. And she's like a. She's the richest, most powerful mouse, apparently. Yeah. She's the most in influential mouse. So, and she wants to have this rally to like down with cats, basically. <laughs> yes. So. Down with love. <laughs> a little different. Oh. So, um, Bridget is there and is like, oh, I totally want to be involved in this because... I'm a political mouse. Yeah, ladies working together to change the world. (sighs) Votes for women! (laughs) Not to mean they couldn't vote yet, I don't think. Or it'd be really close, but anyway. So, they end up having this rally, and this whole time you keep seeing Fievel, like, just pass his family. Yeah. Like... They're really, really close, but they can't, but they're, like, like they around the corner. Like, missing pads, yeah. Or, like, under a bridge or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So they're at this rally, and he, like, everyone's, like, down with cats. we got to do something. And they're, like, okay, what do we do? And no one knows what to do. And 
this five-year-old has an idea, which I have an clearly idea. isn't a five-year-old's idea once you see what the idea I is know. later. Yeah, we get a Trojan horse, and you're like, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, a Trojan horse would make a little bit of sense. I, I see where you're going with this. What if we make one big scary mouse? Like, or whatever. We have no idea what the... We have no idea what he said. No, they just whisper, and they're like, he's they're, got a great idea, let's all do like, it. Like, oh, you know, but the first they're laughing, then they're like, we have a plan. <laughs> I was like, cool, five-year-old's in charge, I guess. <laughs> I guess. <sighs> Whatever. Oh, it's a mess. Right. His family's at the rally, but, like, people's hats are too big, so they can't see anything. <laughs> and I was they like, wow, no you idea. couldn't move or anything. No, That's fine. No, they tried, but whatever. No, they didn't. So this whole time, the the sister is convinced that he's still alive and didn't yeah. actually die when he fell off the side of the boat. Because she's like, well, I feel like he's still here, and I bet we can find him. Oh, his mom is so depressing. And she, she was, was like, like, that feeling will go away. <laughs> and I was like, whoa. <laughs> were, Russian moms. <laughs> Gee Louise. She's like, you'll get over it, basically. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you'll get over f- wanting your brother around. I'm like, wow, we. Oh, and then they sing that cute song that is the one happy, wonderful so thing about this movie. Where it's so adorable. I could be a five-year-old. I can see that. Hannah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and I used to sing that song to each other all it's the time. It's the cutest song. Like, it was so great. It was really, really cute. In Five O Goes West, there's this really sweet song that Tanya just, like, sings something about maybe growing up or something. Aww. And it's, like, so... I just sang it all the time as a kid. Aww. Anyways. That's so cute. <coughs> Continue. So, they have this idea on how to... Like, to get rid of all the cats. So their plan, they show a, like, tactical map they're doing, working out the plans with. Like a heist. Yeah. So basically, they're going to go to this location, lure all the cats there, release the secret weapon, Uh then chase all the cats onto a ship going to Hong Kong and ship all the cats in New York to Hong Kong. They don't know is these are six cats and there's definitely not all the cats in New York, but that well, is not part of the story. It's these maulers. It's this like b- like brood of cats. That's okay. Yeah, there's like what is a, a group of cats called? I'm gonna look it uh, up. Mm, I want to say a clouder and that's wrong. I'll look it up. <laughs> yeah, there is a word. Um, so anyway, yeah, there's five all runs into these guys who are like a whole. There's this like kind of mob group of cats led by a cat who dresses up as a mouse and then tries to, like, get the mouse, get the mice on his side. Do you find the word? Uh, if kittens are not related, as in a bunch of kittens <laughs> are at a shelter awaiting adoption and are kept in the same room or cage, they are called a clouder. Hmm. The term one uses for a group of cats is a clouder. Now we know. Great. Fun fact. Super weird. I love collective nouns like that. They make me very happy. <laughs> like a murder of crows and That's a good. ostentation of <laughs> peacocks. That's so strange. Isn't that great? And yes. it's Parliament of Owls because they're very wise. Oh, wow. I know. It's super <laughs> fun. Anyway, so there's this group of cats, and we meet one cat in particular who's a big, doofy cat. Who is Tiger, Tiger. who is very clearly imitating the Cowardly Lion. Oh, for sure. And is being very funny. And he tells, like, at some point, they kidnap um, Fievel, and he tells him, like, I love mice, and Fievel starts crying, and he's like, no, like that, not like that, I'm a vegetarian. Like, I think mice are cool, I don't want to eat them, I never eat red meat. 
Okay, cat. So <laughs> I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> He's like I love. Except maybe fish once in a while. <laughs> he, uh, he loves broccoli. What? I just I'm looking up collective nouns while you're talking. Oh, good. Uh, a, sh- a shrewdness of apes. Ooh. A sloth of bears. Okay. A colony of badgers. A troop of baboons. A herd of asses. Okay. Maybe that's just what I'll call a bundle of bros from now on. <laughs> oh, no. What did we decide a group of bros was called? Someone and I talked about this. Yeah. And I it you was did. like... A, was it a polo of bros? A polo of bros? It was something like that. Yeah. And like a giggle of teen girls. Uh, or a gaggle is the word that yeah. I use for teen girls, but yes. Anyways, you could continue. This is really great. <sighs> I'm good. I forget what it's I was looking about. up. Uh, hippos specifically, because that feels oh. like a good one. There's some real good ones. They're really <laughs> funny. A bloat or a pod of hippos. A pod of hippos, yeah. <laughs> a bloat. Okay, so in the story, we meet Tiger. He's a kind of bumbling, goofy cat who is on the side of the mice. Yeah, So he sings a song about them being friends that I don't remember. Yeah, we're they a, have we're like a, a duo. Pair. We're a duo. Yeah, That's it. That's my song. have a dance number. Anyway. Because he and Fievel are friends now. Yeah. So Fievel goes back with all of the... He and Tony go to the docks where they're having, all the stuff is going down with the cats. and But things go awry and somehow the cats show up early and everything oh. is off. Oh, I remember. We find out that Warranty Rat is not actually a rat. Right. And he is a cat. In disguise. In di- yes. And so, uh, basically, they, like, it, like, uh, Tiger's shift is over for watching Fievel. Ah. Uh, like, they're taking shifts or whatever. Yeah. And so, then they're like, oh, no, the mouse is out. What happened? And they're like, you're fired, Tiger. And then, like, Fievel escapes, and all the cats start chasing him. Okay. But so it's, like, way before the time when the all mice. All stuff was supposed to yeah, go down. the mice were already planning on going to find the cats and, like, teasing them and taunting them until they followed yeah. them back to this place. So, anyways, so Fievel gets there, and it's like, oh. Everything's going too soon, and then they stop it, and then all of a sudden it's the right time, and then the cats are there, and yep. they've unmasked Warranty Rat to find that he's actually a cat. And then the um, they release the secret weapon. Release the secret weapon! Which... The secret weapon! <laughs> Which turns out to be that Trojan horse giant mouse thing that's kind of horrifying looking. Like, it's so weird. And it's full of explosives. They've, like, packed it full of... They found all this stuff at this, like, old circus warehouse or something strange. I don't even remember. Can I tell you this? Yeah. When swans are in water, they can be called a squadron. When they are on land, they can be called a whiteness. Oh. Okay, then. Continue. <laughs> okay, so they release the secret weapon. Yes, comes the out. secret weapon is some giant Trojan horsey mouse that's shooting off fireworks. Yeah, so they're chasing the mouse cats of Minsk. Yeah, Minsk. Yeah. Minsk. I don't know. Minsk. Minsk. What does well, that even mean? I'm not sure. Maybe it's a place. I'm okay. not positive. We'll look it up. So they chase all the cats out, and they all the cats end up in the water, and then on the um. Because they don't quite hit the boat, but they are being pulled up out of the water by the uh, anchor and getting on the boat to Hong Kong. And they're like, well, guess we better learn how to swindle in Chinese. There's plenty of mouse in Hong Kong. And they're like, okay. 
So, and then everyone's looking for, the family is looking for Fievel, and then Tony and Bridget are looking for, they call him Philly because they think it's easier than Fievel. So they're all looking for the little mouse who is missing because he, like, fell and conked his head on something and, like, couldn't get out of the building. So they're all like, oh, no, we found his hat. It's really him, but he's missing, and now we're not sure we're going to find him again. And so they all then, like, get together and ride in on Tiger the Cat along with Madeline Kahn's mouse character. Yeah. And they all just, like, start calling for Fievel, and then he comes and they find him at an orphanage where... All of his like knockoff mouse friends were making fun of him. Yeah, they were like, where or yeah, and they were playing the violin, and he just came running. Yeah, they're like, yay, we found you, and then everyone is happy, and that's the end of the movie, right? Yep. Well, no, they they see the Statue of Liberty. Oh yeah, they all fly to the Statue of Liberty on birds. Uh, and they're like, check the it out, and he's like, what's <laughs> over there? And they're like, that's even more America. You'll see it eventually, and then. There's a sequel, so. The end. So do you have any other insights on this movie? Uh, rotoscoping is a thing, whatever that means. I don't know what that means. I'm trying to figure it out. I thought you would keep talking. Um, I'm I'm trying to figure out what the giant mass of Minsk is supposed to be. Uh, which is super, super weird. So, you had some other interesting information about the movie we were talking about earlier. About, um, uh, I forget now. Oh, like, compared to other movies that were coming out at the time and why it had to be fast-tracked. And- <sighs> yeah, so, this, when, uh, when this came out, it was November 21st, 1986. When this movie came out, it was the... It was the, or one of the, I'll disclaimer with one of the, mm-hmm. um, biggest non-Disney animation films mm-hmm. ever. Um, it, like, grossed really well, and it got mixed reviews. Like, some people were like, yay, finally, like, a Jewish tale for right. children. And then some people were like, yeah, but, like, it really hid the fact that it was Jewish. Yeah. I knew that they were Russian. I right. didn't catch the fact that they were, like, yeah, Jewish. Yeah, I didn't think of <laughs> I didn't catch any of this, but I was like, oh, clearly they're Russian. Um, So that's kind of weird and interesting. This came out the same year as The Great Mouse Detective, Mm -hmm. which is a mouse movie that I loved. This is a weird mouse time. Yeah. Because The Rescuers Mm -hmm. came out. And and an American Tale franchise came Mm -hmm. out. And The Great Mouse Detective. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think there was some other one that, like, you know, I saw, but whatever. So well, it's kind the, of a weird he mouse already, here. He had already done The Rats of Nim. Yeah. Or The uh, Secret of Nim. The Secret of Nim? Something yeah. similar. It's about yeah. mice or rats. Yeah. Um, so all of this was kind of happening at the same time. People have said that this, because it came out three years before The Little Mermaid did, and so they're saying, there's some speculation that this kind of began to, the success of American Tale began mm-hmm. to, like, set in motion the um the resurgence of Disney yeah like the, the Disney renaissance yeah. um, that like really like jumped <laughs> with the little mermaid get it because she like jumps on a rock yeah and that's like a big big moment for everybody I guess yeah 
Um, so that, or that, wait, that not American Tale did because it's not Disney, but that the great mass detective did. Mm-hmm. So this is sort of us like slowly ramping up to like a Disney renaissance where they were still trying stuff out and putting things out. This also came out at the same time as the land before time. But like, yeah. so there, so there's some weird, interesting stuff happening with animated films. Um, somewhere out there is also like nominated for a Grammy and an Oscar. Yeah. Which is super weird. It lost to the Top Gun movie <laughs> or the Top Gun song. Yeah. What is that called? Boom, Take boom. my breath away. Take my breath away. Yeah, that one. Uh, I no. Uh, I think I watched Top Gun, but I think maybe I didn't. I watched it once when I was like in my late teens, early twenties, and I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, that's a movie." Yeah, there's some cool, weird stuff going down. This is also a Spielberg film, which is fascinating. Yeah, he's the producer. He produced, but he had a he hand was the in executive it. producer. Yeah, but Don Bluth was the one who did. Yeah. The animation. The direction and stuff. Spielberg had a big hand in this, though. Like, he wasn't, like, a standoff producer. Like, he was, like, working on storyboards Mm -hmm. and everything. Like, he was in the works. He didn't take it over, but he was definitely in the works with it. Um, And then I have, like, just interesting stuff about Don Bluth's uh, style of animation first. Yeah, it's very... Uh, I mean, if you've seen... He loves glitter. Which is weird. Perfectly acceptable glitter magic and water is so sparkly and there's just like g- glitter everywhere. Like he also did um Rockadoodle, mm-hmm. which and, I loved. Um, All Dogs Go to Heaven, which we uh-huh. watched a lot as children, but it is pretty dark also. It's pretty scary. And I think he later did Anastasia, which we've covered. Yes. Bitch, yeah. if you've seen all of those, you're like, okay, I can kind of yeah. see the the animation style being similar. Yeah, he has a lot of characters with floppy tongues. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that he really, really loves. And then something that's called the bubble lip. That I think everybody uh, has a good idea about. The bubble lip is essentially when a character has a really fat lower lip. Yeah, you can see you could definitely see that in his characters. Uh especially like the bad ones. <laughs> it can strike any species at any time. No <laughs> creature is safe. Um, Hold on. Here's a, let me just read this part of this article I found. Um the afflicted are easy to spot, pitiable to behold. Pitiable? Is that a mm-hmm. word? Do not mistake this for a simple case of allergic reaction or the healing of removed <laughs> labyrinth. The truth is much darker. These unfortunate beings were born this way with their gargantuan lower lips taking over their face until their chin completely disappears. It's disturbing enough to cause onlookers to question the wisdom of such a creator. Bubble lip is a real affliction, and it's time we raised awareness. Is that the um, alligator from... What movie is that from? That's all dogs go to heaven. That's oh, what that yeah, dog is. is. Um, oh, this one has kind of a bubble lip. Yeah. This girl from who knows what. I don't know. This dude has a but bubble yeah, lip. Bubble really lips. Bubble lips are everywhere. Weird. I have always seen the bubble lip as something that's like, uh, uh, I've always seen it as something that's either like uh, racist or a comment on like a character's um, intelligence. Mm, so, like, yeah. if they have a bubble lip, they're probably stupid. Yeah. Which or is... it's, like, a, a caricature of, like, some race that right. they're not gonna, like, 
straight up mm-hmm. say what they're saying, which is, mm, which is super cool. gross. Um, but every time I see that, I'm like, oh, they're probably dumb. Yeah. Or they're not talking about their race, but trying to like show you the way that this animator feels about them. Right. Also, casting Dom DeLuise as Dom DeLuise. Yeah, uh, he's always in these movies. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, so that's a whole thing. So there's like big, big things that like apparently he... Dom Bluth, Dom Bluth, <laughs> Dom DeLuise, Bluth really likes this one particular, I think his animation style is really ugly. I think it's weird. Frankly. It's kind of, it, it's not sloppy, but it's a little, like, It feels sort wobbly, of, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's not like, do you, remember, do you remember on Saturday morning cartoons in like late, late 90s, maybe very early 2000s? When they tried like something called squiggle vision, no. Do you remember? It was it was a weird thing that happened. It's not that kind of like it just yeah it feels kind of sloppy. And it it's, like the it, sleeves, that is the tone that they're going for, but like the lines just feel kind of messy and uneven. It feels a little rushed. I don't know. A little rough. Yeah. But specifically, this animation style was intended to be like a throwback to older cartoons, right? Because it is about like it's a period piece, right? Written in the 60s about, um, I don't know, what time was this? Uh, Whenever the um, Statue of Liberty was completed. Yeah. So this is something, like, about much, much earlier. Yeah. So it was intentional, but... Yes, they meant to have it be a throwback instead of, like, the really modern kind of styles that were happening at the time. glossy-looking kind of stuff. Yeah, like the Great Mouse Detective. I think if you put those animation styles next to each other, mm-hmm. the Great Mouse Detective looks oh clean. It the statue was dedicated in eighteen eighty six, which makes sense because this movie came out in nineteen eighty six. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. So if, so let's okay. So we're gonna put like this mouse like next to the mice and like. Mm-hmm. They came out the exact same year. But this one is very... The mouse detective yes. was sharper and... Mm-hmm. It was sharper. It was clearer. It was mm-hmm. still a little jaunty storyline. And but it was still very dark. the style was different. Yeah, it was cleaner and crisper where this was meant to be like more cuddly and soft mm-hmm. and like feel a little cozier, I guess. But it was yeah. so dark. It really was. It was horrifying. Like it was, there was way too much. There was a lot of scary parts. There was a lot of like guess my family doesn't want me anymore and they're going to come find me kind of thing. And Somehow, like, this weird thing happens yeah, in The Great Mouse Detective. We were. Sexism. <laughs> we'll have to watch that one. Sexism for kids. <laughs> so much. Wow. Um, but, yeah. If you could cast The Great Mouse Detective with a real cast, <laughs> that would be an interesting discussion oh, to have. Geez. If Five Goes West was going to be a real life... <laughs> please into, don't do that. If it's a musical <laughs> on stage... Please don't turn into a real life movie. Please don't. We don't need live action <laughs> 80s cartoons. Uh, Ugh. The other thing that we've discovered, and I thought about this and then you read about it too, is um, Art Spiegelman's book, Mouse, mm-hmm. the comic about his father during World War II is also about um, Jewish families depicted as mice and the enemies, in this case, the Nazis, depicted as cats. Mm-hmm. And I think you found that, like, it was being released near 
like at a similar time, like the two volumes of the comics. And so, yeah, um, something. I don't know if there was a lawsuit or something, um, but Art Spiegelman accused. He was them like, I've been working plagiarism. on this for a long time with these motifs, and you're kind of appropriating them. Mm-hmm. So he like hurried up and rushed and released like volume one of his book before finishing the second half so that it wouldn't look like he was copying Fievel. Yeah. Or something like that. And yeah. he's like, oh, okay, Because cool. his book is a story of, like, a man who's retelling the story of, like, learning more about his father and his father's time, like, living in Nazi Germany as a Jewish person and dealing with all of that entails. But in a really interesting memoir cartoon depicting everyone as animals and yeah it won like a bunch of awards it has a pulitzer so can't say I know lots of weird of... stuff about mice happening at this time in yeah. the world like what was the fascination strange that was happening here yeah i don't know like i can't explain it but it's like so before we wrap up our chat on an American Tale, we have to talk about the clip that I made you watch in the middle of the movie. (laughs) Yes, do tell, Leslie. So, in our favorite show community, I say our, but I probably mean mine. It's, it's yes. Yeah. Um, But it stars one of Katie's favorites, Donald Mm -hmm. Glover, Mm -hmm. so. I just never got to see the whole thing, because it was going off air when I didn't have cable anymore. Yeah, understandable. So, um, there's an episode in Community where, um, the two characters who are also best friends, um, Troy and Abed, and Troy is Donald Glover and Abed is played by um, Perfect. Danny Pudi. Perfect. So they are in a lab class where they have to train mice. <laughs> and Troy is deathly afraid of mice and screams like a girl and climbs on a table every time they get loose. But he has to take this science class for credit. So... The assignment is you have to get the mouse to trust you by getting it to respond to a song. So you see the other characters at the community college, like, singing Row, Row, Row Your Boat or, like, whatever. Some song that they know all the words to to try and, you know, get their mouse to trust them. So, of course, uh, Troy and Abed, well, mostly Abed, decide that they're going to train their mouse to respond to the song from this movie. Somewhere out there. Yeah. So the problem is that at some point when Troy's freaking out, the mouse gets loose. So they've been training it while singing together. A duo. Mm-hmm. Like this duet of this song. So the mouse gets loose and they're like, well, we have to find it. You have to come help me. And he's like, I'm not chasing this mouse. <laughs> but they, what they find is like the mouse is in like the ductwork or something, but they can't get it out But because it only responds if both of them are singing. <laughs> So what ends up happening is um, Abed is out trying to sing to it, trying to get it to come to him, and it won't. And then Troy, like, comes in and joins him from, like, around the corner, and they start singing this duet together in a very charming way. It's beautiful. It's so nice. While it, like, and is then, also, like, the wrap-up music for the episode. Yeah, so, you so see you, there's, like, a montage <coughs> of every other character's storyline like, also like... wrapping up and being weird. So they, um... Eventually, like, the mouse comes out, 
and because they're both singing and he it runs up Troy's pant leg and he runs off like as fast as he can screaming down the hallway to get the cat like to put the rat back in its cage at the end of the episode <laughs> and it's just so it's great and they sing it so well together it was really beautiful was we'll like, definitely link to that video oh, because, we will, it's, because it's so cute because it's just precious there's nothing better than those two singing nothing better at all Oh my god, thank you so much for showing me that. I didn't know about it. I was like, what about community did they do this with? But it's such a perfect, like, obviously they'd train a mouse to respond to an American tale. Right, and because of course they're like two dudes that were the perfect age to have seen that movie as children and know all the words to it. Yep. So, yeah. That reminds me of my senior year in high school in my AP English class. We were we spent six weeks on poetry, Wesley. Yeah. Six That's a weeks lot in high school. On poetry. Oh, my Lord. It was an eternity of poetry. And, like, I forget what about poetry we were talking about, but our teacher was, like, trying to make it make sense to us. Mm-hmm. She was like, well, what's a song that everyone knows the words to? And so we were, like, throwing out songs, and there was always one person who was like, I don't. I don't know the words. I don't know. I, I don't know that song. Like yeah. that, like it needed to be a song that Literally everybody knew, knew every word to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and one of my friends or somebody was just like, what about the Pokemon theme song? And everyone was like, I mean, I think I know that. And our teacher was like, what is that? And the <laughs> entire, like, sl- like the choir kids, of course, were like, I want to be the very best and no one ever was. And the whole class began to sing and we were like hitting our desks. Oh <laughs> we're my just gosh. Like... And your teacher was probably just like, I went to college. <laughs> to train them is my cause, Pokemon. And of course we had some choir people in the AP English class. So there was harmonizing yeah. going on. Yeah. <laughs> and our teacher was like, we went through the whole song and finally she was like, got it. So everyone knows a song. Perfect. We'll use that. What are the words? And we like went through oh the lyrics to Pokemon to figure out like cadence and rhythm and rhyming. And these words don't oh exactly. Oh my gosh. These, ter- these words may not rhyme in like the sense that you know it, but this part of the word rhymes and so it works. And right. like picking those things out. It was so much fun. That's... But just that day sitting around and I was just like, how are we going to find us? Like, I was like, I've never heard that one. I don't know that one. I don't know that song. And then we were like, well, what about Pokemon? <laughs> we're like, what? Uh, and then just to have slowly everyone, I was like, I've never seen but one episode with Jigglypuff singing <laughs> and drawing mustaches on people's face. And that is the only episode I've ever seen. And I even know this song. And I was like, what? That's so funny. Is, it was the coolest, greatest movie moment in the classroom I've ever been a part of where like everyone yeah. started singing the That's Pokemon fantastic. theme. She was like, great. So, and like, but we wouldn't stop. She's like, oh, okay. So everyone knows it. And we just kept going. We're like, we can't stop this song. It was wonderful. Made me happy. It made me happy. I like American Tale. I do prefer Fievel Goes West, I think. Which I haven't seen that for a very long time. I think this, in my mind, the story made more sense, but it probably doesn't. Probably not. We may watch it in the future and find out that none of, that nothing makes sense anymore. Nothing makes sense. All I know is your DVD had I like sing along to somewhere out there, and that would be the only <laughs> part I would watch. This cute little mice. Anyway, you can edit me doing our outro over this humming. Okay. 
that's not a thing that I want you to do. That's going to take you a lot of work. Um, yeah. So, uh, how many how many Channing Tatum's do you give? <laughs> I'm gonna give it like. I'm gonna give it like two. I was gonna say three. So yeah, yeah. it's not very Channing. I bet Channing's seen it. Probably. I bet he can sing the song. I bet. If I was gonna recast this, I would cast Channing Tatum as Tiger. I feel that. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. I don't know. That's all I got. <laughs> yeah, no one else is important. <laughs> An up-and-comer is going to be... Actually, probably the kid from a, a Wrinkle in Time would be a great Fievel, Yeah, frankly, if we were going to, like, IRL it. <laughs> yeah. Again, we don't need a live-action Fievel Goes West. I, no, it's surprisingly relevant that it's talking about immigration. A oh, one thing I did notice. Mm. They showed all these different nationalities... Of mice mm-hmm. immigrating. They were all mostly white. Yeah. Well, they were all on the boat from Europe, Shh. so. They were mostly white. Yeah. So white mice got to go find their freedom. Like whitish mice. Like you had like some like Viking mice. <laughs> Viking mice. And some like Hispanic mice. And Hispanic was about as close as you got to like. Anyone with a uh, darker skin tone. Yeah, People, you had Italian. That was about as was about that it. was as close as you got to. Uh, oh yeah, there. I don't think there were any Mexicans. There or would, like it wouldn't it wouldn't be Spain like that or have, and yeah. If anything, there would have been Spanish mice being, yeah, coming from that part of the they, world they came from. They didn't but. really show any, or they didn't highlight any. It was all just like yeah. white immigrant mice. Fun fact. That's just like a, a fun fact that I was like, huh, this is like kind of interesting. Yeah, that's all. That's all, folks. Uh, great. Wrap, yeah. it, wrap it up? Yeah. Cool. If you find any of this remotely tantalizing, you might be a weirdo. If so, check <laughs> us out on Instagram and Twitter at Viewing Party Pod. Also, check out the show notes. Wesley has been working her butt off. <laughs> anything that we've referenced, anything that's funny, any videos that sounded Ooh. like fun, go to viewingpartypod.com. She'll have it all there ready for you. All the links. You don't have to search that for anything. That whole Twitter thread that I was reading to you. <laughs> That'll be up there. It's going to be great. Uh, check it out. Um, if you would like to hear any more from me, you can check out my other podcast, Columbus Cares, where we tell the stories of Columbus's non-for-profits. We will also be featured at the Columbus Podcast Festival. You can check out both of those on Facebook at Columbus Cares and also at the Columbus Podcast Festival. Tickets go on sale super shortly if they're not already out by the time this airs. It is Mother's Day weekend here in Columbus. I still can't announce exactly who's going to be there as of this recording, but maybe by then it will already be out. I'm super stoked. It's going to be awesome. You won't want to miss it like you did last year, you lame-o. <laughs> um, you can join us next time uh, when we watch something else and talk about something different. Until yeah. then, this has been Viewing Party. Okay. So now I can tell you off air the person, the people who are going to be at the podcast festival are. 